Welcome to the Acknowledge Dogs podcast. You are listening on Monday, which means it is Mentoring Monday. This is where I break down complex behavior problems, and I actually walk you through the process for free. When someone's going to charge you thousands of dollars, I'm going to walk you through the process for free and help you figure out this behavior problem. Welcome to Mentor Mondays on Acknowledge Dogs podcast. Welcome again to the podcast. I am your host, Michael, with the most from Matador Canine. This is our podcast, Acknowledge Dogs, and we'll be going over today, mailmen. What? Why would we tell We're going over mailmen. Okay. The elusive, the overarching nemesis of any dog that has ever existed. <laughs> the mailmen. Now, some mailmen do an absolutely wonderful job of classically conditioning dogs to like them. They have treats. They bring a bark box, right? Something that the dog really likes. And that way, they won't get chased down and killed. Or at least, so they think. But some mailmen still don't like dogs, and they're not going to go through the process of classically conditioning the dog to like them. So that is up to you. Okay. If you don't want your dog freaking out and just losing their mind... Every time the mailman or the delivery man comes, you need to listen to the rest of this podcast. We're going to go in depth. We're going to break it down. So the first thing we need to determine is why do dogs do this? Why do dogs find so much enjoyment out of the scaring the hell out of me at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when the mailman comes? And they lose their mind and they have these shrill barks that pierce my very soul while I'm trying to do some work. And I have to go close the front door because they're losing it. Why? Why do they do it? Is it for fun? Do they just enjoy doing it? No. So historically, it was territorial aggression, right? And everyone said, oh, it's it's territorial aggression. This mailman is coming into their property, and they're telling the mailman to leave. Okay, that might where it have stemmed from. Could be fear. Okay. I don't know who this guy is. What's going on? I need to freak out and let mom and dad know. And now they come over, and everything's better now. Okay, everything's better. Right, maybe. It could be... Learning it from another dog. Right? All well, the dog across the street started barking at this guy, so maybe I should bark. My sibling started to bark at this guy, so maybe I should bark. Right? But whatever it is, it's just a behavior. And as you know, behaviors can be rewarded or punished. Always. We can always, no matter what the behavior is, it can be rewarded or it can be punished. Now, in the case of it being fear and reactivity... We want the dog to feel better about it. So we're not going to punch him. Okay, We're going to make him feel better about it. And this will actually work. This sequence that I'm going to give you will work for any reactive behavior. 99.999999% of the time. <laughs> now, why is there that, that tiny little sliver? Well, I have not trained every single dog in the world. So I cannot say it'll work 100% of the time. Once I've trained every single dog in the world and it has worked, I'll let you know. But 99.9999999% of the time, this sequence will work. Are you ready for the sequence? You got your pen and pad ready? You got your eyes open? You got your ears open? You listening? First thing we need to do, condition the dog to like the stimulus. Second thing, teach them to ignore the stimulus. If your dog does not like the stimulus, we cannot teach them to ignore it. 
You could try your darndest. But there are still going to be some part of them that is thinking about the stimulus because it, they don't like it. So think about when you're in a stressful situation. Okay, Someone could be having a grand old time with you. Let's say Disneyland. Right? You're running around, you're having a great time, you're having a great time. But the, the punishing thing, the fearful thing, is that you're going to run out of money while you're here at Disneyland. Let's just use that as an example. right? You go to Disneyland, you take your family to Disneyland, and you don't have as much money as you, you, you'd like to have to splurge and get everything you need and you know get the souvenirs you want and all the special stuff that you'd want to do. This was a family vacation, and you, you, you budgeted properly. But now things come up that you don't account for. So you want to enjoy your time at Disneyland, but that drink is $15, and you're like, what the hell? Right? That food is 40 bucks. Now you're just every single thing, you're nickel and diamond, and you don't actually get to enjoy your time. Right? It's a little far-fetched of an example here for our dog. They don't really have monetary value on things, but it's the same premise. Oh, well, I want to enjoy working with mom and dad, but I'm still thinking about this, this damn mailman. Right, I'm like, ah, the mailman's going to burst through the door and try to kill me. Or he's on my property, what is he doing? Or my sibling's still freaking out, why don't they have to focus? Well, because your sibling's not the instigator. You're now the instigator, right? So how do we get them to like the mailman? Classical conditioning. If you're going to use a marker, this is the best way to do this. Use a marker. First, condition a marker. Don't just start using a marker. And I don't want you to condition it as a punisher. It should be conditioned as a reinforcer. What does that mean? What's the difference? We're going to go over that in another time. But to break it down, conditioned reinforcers is something that wasn't conditioned. It was just a random sound or a stimulus. You could use a light. You could use a sound. You could use anything that the dog can perceive. Right? You could touch them. So we're going to condition that stimulus to mean something positive. I make a click sound, you get a treat. I flash a light, you get a treat. I ring the doorbell, you get a treat. See what I'm doing? I'm conditioning a previously nothing into a something. Conditioning this stimulus into something good. Ah, every time I hear that bell, I get a cookie. Every time my phone notification goes off, I get a text message. It's conditioned. Previously meant nothing, we've conditioned it to mean something. We just want it to mean something good. So now this is what happens. Your dog sees the mailman, and then you mark. Boom, that's it. That's it. That's all you got to do. See the mailman, boom, mark. Now your dog goes, okay, that's weird, <laughs> right? Why did the mailman elicit this mark? Now usually what happens, the first four or five times you do this, is your dog does not actually turn around and come to you to get the treat. That's okay. They're just over threshold. They're overly excited. That's fine. Continue with the process. So you're going to mark when they look at the mailman before they bark. Mark before they bark when they're looking at the mailman. That's important. Mark, toss a treat on the floor. They will eventually turn around and get the treat, and that's fine. They'll eventually. They'll stop what they're doing. They'll go, oh, there's a treat on the floor. So every time you mark, you're still going to deliver a treat, even if they take it or not. That's fine. Over time, they're going to go, okay, the man didn't do anything to me. 
which has been true this entire time, but I don't know what else to do. And maybe, right, maybe your dog sees that mailman come up. I bark at the mailman, and then he leaves. This is not a maybe. This is actually what's happening. (laughs) 99.99999% of the time, this is what's happening. Mailman comes up, bark at the mailman, mailman leaves. I get reinforced for making the mailman leave with my powerful, strong bark that scared him away. Or her away. Right? So, we need to change that mindset. We mark a reward for liking the mailman, and then we're going to change the behavior that they do in order to get the mailman to leave in the first place. They still want the mailman gone. That's fine. I'm okay with that, because then that means we can put this behavior on a self-reinforcing behavior, and I don't have to stand there all the time and mark and reward my dog every time they see the mailman. Right? The, the behavior will take care of itself. Oh, the mailman comes up. I run to my place. The mailman leaves. Great. Touching place means he leaves. Your dog does not care what behavior they do. Right? You understand that? Your dog does not care what behavior they have to do to get something. There is no moral part to it. They're not like, well, well, going to my place is against me, you know, my morals. No, it's not. <laughs> the only thing a dog cares about is getting reinforcement. And you, maybe. Maybe they care about you. So if it makes you happy to have them go to the place, that might be reinforcement, right? We're getting a little side tangent here. Okay, so the sequence. Mark and reward. Four. Looking at the stimulus. Make that stimulus good. Right? You make it something good. Ah, I see the mailman, and I know I'm going to hear a click. Where's my click? Oh, I got a click. Good. Where's my food? Now, your dog is thinking about the marker and the reward. Hey, guys. I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. So now we got your dog thinking about the marker and the reward as opposed to thinking about the mailman. Because they see the mailman and they've become so conditioned that they go, okay, I saw the mailman, where's my mark? What, what, what are you doing? You're slacking here. And that's all you do. So you've done that so many times that now your dog starts to anticipate the mark and reward and they're going to get confused when they don't hear it. So they're going to look at the mailman and out of confusion maybe look around for a second and then you mark and reward that. So you're rewarding them for now looking towards something else, trying to figure out something else, as opposed to focusing on the mailman. And eventually they start to look more and more towards you, which you would mark closer and closer for looking towards you, shaping, right? This is my favorite way to do this. Any reactive dog, this is my favorite way to do it. Make them like the thing that they're staring at, and then shape them to look back towards you. So now what do you do? You got your dog looking at the mailman, feeling good. Now he's starting to turn around. Now what? You just have to stay in there all the time? No. But now you can give further instructions. 
So my dog is now looking at me, and I want to send him to place, or the couch, or whatever. So then you, you right, you have to teach place separately. Right? Built and sold separately. I don't know why that just popped into my head. It was like a toy commercial. You have to teach that separately. Built and sold separately. Battery's not included. Right? They do the behavior. They turn towards you. All right, place. Tell them to go to place. Now, you're going to shorten up that time. So by the time they recognize the mailman, they look towards you, then you tell them to do something else. You're going to shorten that as much as you can and get really, 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 really tight. I see the mailman send a place. See the mailman look at me send a place. doesn't matter if they look at you. The goal is to teach them to respond to the mailman by going to place, going to the couch, going to find you without freaking out, right? Whatever you want to do. Mailman, new behavior. Mailman, new behavior. And then the mailman will leave. And before the mailman leaves, you reward them with something. And then that reward will be phased out through intermittent reward schedules and variable reward schedules and indirect rewarding and all the good stuff that we've talked about before. And now you have a dog that's responding to this stimulus by running to place instead of barking. Sure, they might still huff, they'll be like, huh, right? But then they're going to go, oh, wait, I don't, I'm not supposed to bark. I'm supposed to go to my place. And that's what we want. So what are, what are some problems that you could have here? Number one, you could rush the classical conditioning part. You don't take enough time to either condition the marker appropriately with high-value treats or high-value rewards. You could use tug. You rush the process of making your dog like the mailman. Okay, You're not consistent with it. So if you rush the process, your dog isn't going to be having... Your dog doesn't have a strong reinforcement history, which means they're going to guess. Oh, well, do I like the mailman? Do I not like the mailman? And so sometimes they are okay with it, and sometimes they're not. And now we have a problem of, well, what happens when they're not okay with it, and I try to tell them to do something? They're going to drown you out. Now you got a 50-50 shot of whether they're going to listen, which is no good. We need as close to 100 as we can get. As close to 100 as we can get, that is what you need. So the other part is, right, not being consistent. If you're not consistent, you're again, you got to have a 50-50 shot. And we don't want that. We want close to 100. So you have to be consistent. That means know when your mailman's coming and work on it. Now, what happens if your work schedule, right, you you work five days a week, and your mailman does not come on weekends, and you work two days on weekends. That means you're only working three days during the week, which means two days is when you get to practice this. If there's anyone else in the house that can do it, great. If not, you have two options. You can set up scenarios yourself, meaning have a stranger, you know, a close relative that's never been to your house, or a friend, or your neighbor, your literal neighbor, say, hey, can you just walk up to my porch and then walk away like 10 times? I'll give you, I'll pay for lunch, whatever. Right? And you need help with this. So get help with it. They're just going to walk up and walk away. They're going to walk up, walk away. This is the closest you can resemble to the mailman without going and getting a mailman truck, getting a uniform, actually delivering mail. At that point, just go work for the post office. Right? So if you can get your mailman to pass back by your house, that's awesome. I have never had a client be able to do that, 
But if you're very close friends with your mailman and you say, hey, can you just pass by my house on your route? And then if you come back down this street, can you just do it again? But just let me know that you're going to do it again, right? So that you can be prepared. You need to be prepared to mark and reward. If you're not prepared, you're going to get that 50-50 chance. We don't want the 50-50 chance. We want close to 100, right? So you have to know what's going on. Now, if you're only there two times a week and you can't do any other training ever, then those two times have to be perfect. Have to be perfect, and you got to start working immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to work immediately and quickly. There is no time to waste, so you have to have a plan in place. There's no time to waste. You got to have a plan in place. Boom, jingle right there. There's no time to waste. You got to have a plan in place. You see the mailman? Great. Where's the treats? Now I gotta go grab my clicker. That's too long. Failed. It's too long. You gotta have a treat pouch on you. Okay, you keep a cup of cheese in the fridge on the top shelf. You have your clicker in your pocket all the time. You can attach it to your keychain. Right? Oh, great, the mailman. You grab your clicker, you click first, now go get the cheese. That's the beauty of using a marker. It gives you time. Right? If you if you know where the cheese is and you can get to it within three seconds, mark run and get the cheese. I don't even mind if they pick up that the marker means you're gonna go to the fridge. Because now, right, especially if they love the fridge, which most dogs do, especially if you're an individual who gives lots of snacks, right? They hear the fridge door open, they're gonna run to the fridge. That's perfect. Don't don't think that just because I say, oh, well, you have to use this and you have to do that. You can't be creative. That's being creative. Right? My dog loves, I'll tell you a quick story. My dog loves whipped cream. And when I had first gotten her, I attached her to my belt. Okay? I actually attached her to the belt loop on my jeans. I didn't have her on my belt yet. The story explains why I put her on my belt now. So I had her attached to my belt loop so I could train her for relaxing and being comfortable and we were working on exactly what I'm talking about right now. Uh, now, I had taken a nap. I had fallen asleep. And she decided to just lay with me, still attached to my hip. You ever take those midday naps where you're you know, you're know, still in all your clothes for the day, but it's the absolute best nap you've ever had? Yeah. It was one of those afternoons. And so my dog was laying on my bed with me, attached to my hip. And my mom was going to have some ice cream. So, you know, she opens up the fridge. I think my dog slightly woke up. At this point, I didn't wake up, but she did. And my mom gets the ice cream. No big deal. And all of the sudden, all of the sudden, everybody picks on me for that. I say all of the sudden. All of the sudden. (laughs) All of the sudden, you hear the... Of the whipped cream. And when I tell you, I have never been woken up so fast. My dog ripped my pants. She was attached to a leash. She ripped my pants, jumped off the bed, flew down the stairs, and sat in front of my mom with the most perfect sit she would have gotten the best score in any obedience competition. Because she was conditioned to that sound, meaning whipped cream. Now, let me, let me preface this with, she was nervous about most things in life. She didn't like loud sounds. She didn't like 
um, quick movements. She didn't like startling things. She got startled because she ripped my pants, right? So she flew off the bed and the, the inertia ripped my pants with a leash. She got startled for maybe half a second, looked back at me, and then continued to go to the whipped cream. That's a high competing motivator right there, right? That is a high competing motivator. And what happened was she got her whipped cream, so she got reinforced for all that because my mom loves giving her whipped cream, which is great. Nothing wrong with that as long as it's in moderation, right? So you could use you could use that kind of whipped cream at the mailman. Ooh, mailman's coming. See the mailman? Whoa, that's powerful right there. What's your dog going to do? Ignore whipped cream for the mailman? Maybe. Maybe not. If they don't, what did you teach the dog? Mailman equals whipped cream. Mailman is the greatest thing that I've ever, ever wanted to come to this house. Because I get whipped cream. That's just how it is. Right? If you don't do this, your dog is destined to just continue freaking out at the mailman. So you have to break things down. You have to help them understand how to live in the world with you. Some people don't understand that. Right? Dogs live in our world because we put them in our world. Yes, we domesticated them thousands of years ago, but they have to live in the the social constructs that we make. Right? If you're not going to go through the process of at least educating them on what they should be doing, right? they don't know that the mailman comes and delivers mail and your bills and stuff. Maybe they do. Maybe that's why they bark. But they don't understand that. They just know a stranger's walking up to the front door and I got to do something. You just have to teach them what that something is. Don't leave it up to them. Dogs left to their own devices are going to come up with wild behaviors. We can control those behaviors by teaching appropriate responses to those external cues. The mailman is an external cue, just like if you were to say sit. That, that's all it is. It's called an antecedent. It is a precursor to a behavior. Your dog then does the behavior, and then there's a consequence. That's just a result of a behavior. Is the consequence a cookie, or is the consequence the mailman leaving? Or is the consequence you freaking out? Right? Now, if, it, if it's you freaking out or doing a punishment or whatever it is, what's the dog's going to learn? One, the mailman means for whatever reason mom's going to freak out. That's option one. The mailman leads mom and dad to absolutely lose their marbles. Or, my barking leads to mom and dad absolutely losing their marbles. Your dog could perceive either or. You don't have control over that. You don't have control over what your dog perceives. So I prefer the first method, where I have a lot more control about teaching that the dog and the mailman can be friends. The mailman is good. And now I'll shape the behavior towards me. As opposed to risking my dog thinking that the mailman is creating me to freak out. And my dog thinking that barking is making me freak out. Right? That's, there's too much wiggle room there. I want to be as clear and crystal as possible. Clear as crystal Pepsi. Okay? Teach your dog how to live in the world and things are so much easier. They are so, 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 so much easier. If you don't take the time and you just try to do it haphazardly, they're not going to learn. And, and then you're just struggling and you're going to be frustrated. I don't want you guys to be frustrated. I don't think you want to be frustrated. 
Your dog certainly doesn't want you to be frustrated. Because they feel that and they go, ah, attention, I don't want to hang out with you. And then you get upset because your dog don't want to hang out with you. And then it's just a, a spiraling down staircase. Okay, we got to go up the staircase towards our goals. Don't go down the staircase. Okay, guys? Good luck. Let me know how it goes. If you're working on this and you want to send some videos, you can email me at mjaceta at matadorcanine.com or you can head over to any social media platform, tag us in it. We would love to give you some advice. We'd love to help you out. Let me know. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you think family or friends would benefit from what you heard today on Acknowledged Dogs, please share it with them. You can post it on Facebook. We are also on every social media platform, so make sure you tag us, Matador Canine. You can also head over to Matador Canine and schedule a free consultation to talk about coaching and reaching the goals with your dog and those problem behaviors. Reach the goals that you want and have the dog that always listens.